You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So excited to be back on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Baker. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on your weekend. Um, super excited to see what's happening in training camp. A lot of really cool developments happening with some of these young guys. Um, one guy in particular, Kyrie Elam. Really happy to see him uh, just get, I don't know, just get his feet underneath him. You know, I think the, the discouragement of seeing Dane Jackson take the the reps with the ones kind of gotten his head a little bit, but uh, early on. But it, you know, looks like he's bouncing back. Looks like he's coming into form, and I got a lot of faith in him. Uh, yeah, you're always rooting for everyone, right? Uh, but you definitely know when certain players have that it factor about them. He's one of those guys um, I am rooting for in this training camp. Uh, guys, just a ceiling on this team that we got to discuss uh, this week on Buff Up here and. Uh, one, one person in particular we got to talk about the ceiling here is Josh Allen. Um, we're going to get into some stats as to why. Uh, one in particular that's pretty much just going to just take a, a good portion of the pod today. <laughs> uh, and it, it's a staggering stuff with uh, rankings and grades. Uh, and then finally, we're going to wrap it up going into the division. I want to talk about the Dolphins um, and how they impact the Bills, uh, you know, AFC East reign this year. But without further ado, let's just hop into it. Um, so, you know, going into this season, you're obviously hoping that the Bills can carry on some sort of momentum, especially after such a, a dull thud after a loss at home in the elements that everyone says, you know, it, it suits Buffalo. This is what they're born. <laughs> this is what this uh, franchise is born to play. But we kind of saw the snow and the weather have an effect negatively on what the game plan was, and it also exposed one position group in particular that I think really, uh, unfortunately, is is getting a lot of a lot of flack this off season. But there there's high expectations for this offensive line. And I went through some rankings, and it was so insane to see the Buffalo Bills ranked in the bottom of the league. Overall offensive line rankings. You're not talking about Deion Dawkins and uh, Mitch Morse, obviously. Those guys have been an anchor to what the Bills try to do offensively out of the, out of the offensive line, but... Um, just trying to shuffle guys in and out of the left guard position, the right guard position, and right tackle has been a struggle for this team. It's interesting because you see the number one graded offensive line is in front of Jalen Hurts. And the the second is, <laughs> is in front of Jared Goff. 
you know, it, the Eagles and the Lions top this list. And, you know, it it says a lot about what these teams are prioritizing. And um, you see when a quarterback has an it factor with, right, that great offensive line, how far it can take them. And then you see just a standard run-of-the-mill, a guy that can get the job done but just doesn't have the quality that uh, really gets him over the top against the top-tier quarterback in Jared Goff. You see what it did to the Detroit Lions. It made them very competitive the entire year. Um, What's staggering to me is you have a lot of teams in this top 15 that didn't even make the playoffs. The Denver Broncos sitting at number 10, right? Uh, this is overall rankings I've been I've been looking into. And the Falcons sitting in the top five. And no, oh, look and behold, Kirk Cousins just sitting behind a top 10 offensive line this, this last season. And it does say a lot, right, on why he had the season he had. Is he making passes? He is. But we can all sit here and know that the catch that Justin Jefferson had in that Bills-Viking game, if it doesn't happen, the Bills walk away with that win like nothing happened and it, it wouldn't have become, it wouldn't have became such a debacle. A lot of teams here that are relevant on some level because of the offensive line. And I'm looking at Buffalo, and it as much as I want to sit here and argue and argue and argue with Colin Coward, I have to absolutely agree with him that Sean McDermott, um, he takes the first hit on the responsibility of this, of this offensive line um, on not being able to truly develop a cohesive unit. There has been a lot of talent, right? But... It's it's one in and out of the trenches, man. Like this this game, you can have splash plays, you can have highlights, you can get back to the divisional round, but when you get into the nitty-gritty of the divisional round of the AFC Championship and most importantly into the Super Bowl, you see how important having a top-tier offensive line truly is. Hell, when the Rams beat the Bengals, <laughs> the offensive line collapsed on that final drive that prevented Joe Burrow from being able to push the ball down the field. He got sacked, game's over, Super Bowl won. And you see it, just plain and simple games that are won in and out of the trenches. You look at what happened with New England over all of those seasons, going up against the Giants. Um, More importantly, you just get to Brady, right? You disrupt the offensive line, you disrupt the pocket, you ruin the entire game plan for the Patriots. So, this is what I want to talk about now. What's the ceiling for Josh Allen if that flips? We're talking about from literally at the bottom of the league to at least into the top 10 this year, overall. It would be a staggering sight to see. Unfortunately for Josh Allen, he has he has been used to a chaotic pocket that 
basically has programmed him into not being comfortable in throwing the ball out of the pocket, which has then affected the game plan into coaches making him play out of the pocket to make plays happen to get the ball into certain areas of the field to affect a game plan. And we have yet to see that Roethlisberger-esque factor from Josh Allen on a consistent game-to-game basis. It's Superman play right now. It's, it's like watching Cam Newton with a little different Josh Allen flair, right? Um, and it, it's tough to watch sometimes because you're just like, man, it's exciting, but then it's just like, well, if that's what it's going to take to win, this is going to be a really hard you know, season in and out. You don't have the consistency you're looking for from a quarterback. You're looking at a quarterback that has become a running back right now. Josh Allen's known for that. Literally, he is taking this Madden <laughs> cover by storm. And one of the craziest stats is overall, internationally, Josh Allen, off of statistics from Madden, they told him, they basically had no choice but to put him on the cover. He has over a billion yards ran by Madden players. So he's he's known as a mobile guy. This isn't this isn't this isn't you know a thing where uh, you know people just think he can just throw the ball with you know his rocket arm and fit it into gaps and whatever. He's known to run the football. He's known to make plays with his legs, and you just wonder. Right, if, if you fix this offensive line, you fix this unit, can you restructure the way Josh Allen plays? You don't want to take away who he is, but you definitely want to help him reprogram or rather reconstruct the way he's approaching the game in and out because what that's going to do if he does fix that part of the game, I'm talking about the coaching, excuse me, fixing the, the, the part of protection right, in and out of each game each week, it's going to be way healthier for these wide receivers. And you look at the past, right, where, where receivers have been able to develop. It's because quarterbacks were able to just feed them the ball when they were doing what they needed to do in and out of their breaks. Now, going into this next topic, sliding into this, it's it's interesting when you talk about Tua Tagovailoa because – we all know that he has had issues, right, being protected on the field, having concussions. Now he's actually getting into jujitsu to learn how to fall better after getting hit because um, he looks like he falls a little sloppy. So it's going to be interesting to see the adjustments he makes, but Tua is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. you got to give him credit where it's due. He torched the Bills a couple of times last year, and you had to sit there and you had to bite your tongue and you just had to take it and you're just sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, well, I guess he is better than I thought. He is decent. Um, and decent enough to get his, teams to the pl- get his team to the playoffs. But you saw the durability factor when Skylar Thompson ended up starting for the Miami Dolphins at Buffalo and Buffalo almost loses the game. Uh, you just can't make it up. But the Dolphins... Are, are one of those teams where, you know, they put a lot of a lot of great pieces around him. And more importantly, they invested into the offensive line, and that's what's keeping his career afloat. But now let's talk about Tua. 
right? When you really think about him as a whole, he is one of those players that you have to cater to. They invested heavily into him, um, drafted him really high. Mike McDaniel was obviously not there when he was drafted. Michael Flores was, and you just wonder if it was a pressure. It was a pressure pick from up top, and you know maybe they had someone else in mind. And it's just one of those things. It's it's hard to not try to give a guy like Tua a chance who has such a huge heart. Um, you know, really grounded in his faith and his family, um, really respectful, never really comes off like an arrogant idiot ever <laughs> in his entire career. And, um, you know, if he's on your team, you're rooting for him. If you're, he's not on your team, you're hoping, you know, he loses every time. But um, when you look at this team, I personally believe them losing... Sheffield and Gusecki were huge. They had a lot of depth last year. And Mike Gusecki for me, I don't want to talk about Trent just just yet, because Mike Gusecki for me was, I think, a staple to the Miami Dolphins and their attack. And then it kind of just changed when they went with that double-headed monster scheme. Um, don't forget about Wilson either. Right, uh, they they have a ton of weapons, a lot of speed, a lot of versatility, and then they went and got Jalen Ramsey, and now he's hurt. So you look at what this team is really sitting upon. They're sitting upon basically the same exact attack and pieces from last year, without Mike Gesicki. So. He was virtually not even really existent either. When you really think about it, they kind of nixed him out of the game plan to a point where it was just odd to me. I think he's a red zone nightmare. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Kelsey. Now he's playing in New England, so he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. You know, I really do think he's going to help that offense even more than Hunter Henry and Jonah Smith did. And for me, it just, the way they shifted away from him was just very odd in what they then were prioritizing was just a super vertical attack. Thing is, once you shut that down with the shell coverage, you're forcing him to make those throws in tight coverage, then Tua is basically completely completely reliant on that offensive line operating, right? And New England and New York are not going to they're not going to go to sleep this season. They are strapped up and ready to go. I think this is a season um that Aaron Rodgers is is planning to have a historic season. A lot of people hate him. You know, I'm one of those people that, you know, if he was on my team, I'd be rooting for him like crazy. It's just he's become very much one of those players that are trying to soak up as much spotlight as he can before his career dries out. Because who knows if he has something with his a brand in the future or he has a career outside of football that he wants to push for. Um, there's a lot of tactics as to what NFL players are doing. But ultimately, the Jets are stacked. Aside from all the nonsense that comes with Aaron Rodgers, hard knocks, um, they're, they're, they're ready to go. They're going to be a team that is going to let everyone know early and quick that you know they're, they're a completely different team. I am one of the probably one of the only Bills fans or NFL fans in general 
that you will ever hear from on a podcast or in person, and I will tell you straight up, I respect what the Jets have been doing the last couple of years. They got the right leadership in place. They just have not been able to figure out the quarterback position. They were loyal They were loyal to Zach Wilson. They tried to give him a chance. Robert Sala got in there. He drafted really well. Uh, Joe Douglas, obviously Joe Douglas alongside um, as GM there. And um, there's a buddy of mine who runs a Jets channel. Um, his name's Ian off of Jets Central. Definitely check him out. And, you know, we've had talks in the past, and I was one of the only ones that gave a ton of respect. And it was right before the Bills lost against the Jets um, last year. Yeah, the Bills had injuries, whatever have you, but the Bills definitely had more talent uh, overall. And they should have won that game, but uh, there goes the game plan of Robert Sala, I mean, and Zach Wilson. They got the dub in New Jersey and East Rutherford, and you have to give respect where it's due. So if you're looking at what, you know, this this perception Right of the of the Miami Dolphins are are going to be number one <laughs> this entire season against the Buffalo Bills. I mean, it's delusional. It's delusional to even think they're going to be able to top New England and and the Jets. It's going to be a very very tight race this entire season, and I think it's all going to come down to who can protect the quarterback better and which quarterback can just help you make that extra play and. You think, okay, so does Aaron Rodgers have enough left in the tank to give you that zip? And really, what I believe is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be working that run game with Brees Hall, uh, perhaps Dalvin Cook. We'll see if that and that signing ends up happening. And that short pass game, and really trying to get his guys involved, get them comfortable, frustrate a defense, make them play up close so you can try, try to throw the ball deep. Um, right now, the most w- well-rounded and season team in the division is obviously Buffalo. So it's Buffalo's division to lose right now on every single level. They have so much depth. Even with this injury of Naeem Hines, they're already talking about who's going to be able to replace him back there. Um, I don't like the idea of replacing Naeem Hines. I think he is amazing. I'm sad that he got injured the way he did. I hope the contract situation works itself out uh, for both sides. But... um, you know, it when you really look at this Bills team in comparison to all the transactions, the injuries that are mounting up, you name it, right? You have to really sit here and just blatantly say it's Buffalo's to lose again. So I, I foresee Josh Allen having, I think, one of the greatest years we've ever seen in Bills history this year. Um, it's, it's just I'm a big fan of pushing the tight ends because – the tight ends not only open up the passing game, but they really help open up uh, the play action in specific. Uh, you, when you have a double tight end set and then you have a single back or whatever have you, and, and those two tight ends can fly, you are terrifying a defense to play close or not because the minute they get out in open field, it's over. Um, and Dalton Kincaid has hands, man. I'm telling you guys. like uh, A lot of people have been going... Obviously, to training camp, my brother was telling me uh, when he went recently, Josh Allen was sharp as ever. Stephon Diggs is just a baller. And Kincaid has just been popping out. Um, His capabilities and what he can do is just staggering. And it's just absolutely just smooth as butter. So um, I, I think, and also... He mentioned to me, and I've been reading uh, some posts, and I've been 
uh, from some beat reporters and, and seen some things they were talking about in conjunction with my brother telling me that uh, James Cook has been just <laughs> fantastic. So that's a really good sign for this running back room. Um, I'm anticipating him and D- Damian Harris to wreak havoc so long as this offensive line can flip the switch and go from worst to first, hopefully. Right. But guys, thank you so much for listening to me on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Uh, wherever you're at, wherever you're doing, uh, just thank you for your time. I look forward to next week. Look forward to the weeks to come. Uh, the Hall of Fame game already happened. Uh, Brownie's got the dub. Um, it's interesting to see Zach Wilson out there and actually just see him struggle. <laughs> but um, it's going to be inter- it's going to be an interesting season, an interesting next couple of weeks. So definitely stay tuned on Buffalo Rumblings. And uh, guys, yeah, enjoy enjoy the rest of the shows on this channel. And one more, go Bills. <laughs>